still continuing our series teaching living in God's overflow. I think this is the fourth message, I believe, of this series. And uh, I was instructed to keep on going. And so I will tonight. Uh, Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we ask that the ministry of the Holy Spirit be given to us. Holy Spirit, speak to your people tonight. Speak through these lips of clay tonight. Give us spiritual ears and spiritual eyes tonight. Help us, O Holy Spirit, see Jesus. Father, we pray tonight that Everything that would happen tonight would bring you glory and praise. As your people begin to experience your delivering power. And we'll be sure to give you all the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin tonight in 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings chapter 13. Living in God's overflow. We want to emphasize that it's God's overflow. Amen. All the blessings, all the resurrection life, all the resurrection power that comes through Jesus Christ belongs to God. But he uses his power on our behalf for his kingdom glory. Can I get an amen? 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 is where I'm going to begin. The Bible says, now, Elisha was fallen sick, and of his sickness whereof he died. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Joash was being reminded of how Elijah was taken. And he thought that chariot was going to come for Elisha in the same manner. The Bible says here in verse 15, And Elisha said unto him, Take bow and arrows. And he took unto him bow and arrows. So he was obedient to the man of God. He said unto the king of Israel, put your hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon the, the bow. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. So you can see in your the theater of your mind, you see Elisha placing his hands upon the king's hands as the king takes hold to the boat. And he said in verse 17, open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elijah said, shoot. And he shot. <laughs> and, the arrow, and he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. So the Bible says 
It was the Lord's deliverance, which is God's best. Anytime we speak of God's deliverance, we're talking about the very best that God has, the, has to offer. It is power over the enemy. Look at verse 18. He said, take the arrows, and he took them, and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground, and he smote three times, and he stayed, or he stopped. Somebody say, don't stop. Say, don't stop. Verse 19, and the man of God was angry with him and said, Thou should have smitten five or six times. Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hadst consumed it, whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but three times. In other words, he stopped short of the overflow. He settled for less than God's best. He could have had the overflow, but he did not continue on in the spirit. How do you know that it was he should have continued on in the spirit? Because Elisha, the Bible says, got angry with him. Because Elisha knew that God had so much more for him. And what God is saying to us tonight, don't settle for less than the overflow. The unlimited power of God has been delegated to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. For which we are the body of Christ. And we do now have access to all that God has invested in Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. All that Jesus accomplished on the cross has now given us access to God and his unlimited blessings. I want to go to First Chronicles, chapter 4. Somebody say, help me, Holy Ghost. First Chronicles, chapter 4. The unlimited blessing of God has been made available to each and every child of God. Child of God has to begin to realize those things that have been freely given to us. Chapter 4, verse 9, the Bible says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear thee in sorrow. Bible says, and 
Jabeth called upon God, the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou shouldest bless me indeed, and enlarge my coast, and that thine hand might be with me, that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And the Bible says God granted unto him that which he requested. I like Jabez. Jabez refused to settle for a sorry less than life. He was bold enough to pray that God would give him God's overflow. God is speaking to us tonight. And he wants to develop in us a Jabez spirit in this season. Where we are bold enough to believe the promises of the old and the new covenant. And that the table that God has prepared for us, we are willing to sit down and eat at it. We will not... Be fearful of the overflow, but we will accept it as the blessing that it is. Jabez was a man who simply refused to live an ordinary life. He was in covenant relationship with God, and he knew it. No matter what his mother called him, he refused to identify with it. He chose instead to identify with the patriarch Abraham. And all the blessings that God has spoken over Abraham, he believed that same blessing he had access to. God is speaking to us tonight. He wants us to know that the same blessing that came upon the Lord Jesus Christ, that same inheritance that belongs to him is our inheritance, hallelujah. Scripture says, and I don't weary of saying it, we're joint heirs with him. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That everything that belongs to him belongs to me in Christ Jesus. Divine relationship with the living God. Jesus said, my father, I can say my father also. Hallelujah. There's a place in God that he wants his church to experience in this generation. But the church has to begin, has to, begin to renew its mind to all that has been afforded it, and begin to embrace the new creature reality. You're no longer ordinary. God has done a supernatural work in the spirit. We are made for the throne room of God. We are made to live at his feet and worship him. In spirit and in truth. This is our portion. 
This is our position in him. And God is desiring a people who want the overflow, who want the blessings of the covenant in manifestation. Not just talking about it anymore, but in manifestation in this hour. It's getting darker and darker in the world, but it should be getting lighter and lighter in the church. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Living in God's overflow. Not just visiting there every now and then, but living there. David said, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He said, that's the one thing that he desired, to live in the presence of God. That should be our prayer. That should be our desire. The Bible says here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and this is the Lord Jesus talking. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And we do tonight, Father, we hallow your name. You are the ruling, reigning monarch of eternity. You are the divine creator of everything seen and unseen. You are the glorious king of glory. And we do worship you tonight. We do hallow your name tonight. We reverence your presence. And we thank you for the grace of God that has been bestowed on us through Jesus Christ. We are your children, and we praise you. Verse 10 says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. My God. We've been praying that since we were little kids. But do we grasp the magnitude and the reality of it? Jesus was serious about that. He said, you need to pray that God's kingdom will come into manifestation and that the will of God done in heaven would be done in earth. Hallelujah. Somebody say, well, that's impossible. How can, how can that which is in heaven manifest itself in earth? Uh, my natural mind does not know, but God said we can pray it, and therefore it is possible. What limits us is our small thinking. And a mindset that does not want to experience what God says we can experience. Because of our carnal minds, our carnal thinking, our less than attitude. Jesus said, your will be done in earth just like it is done in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no depression in heaven. There's no fear in heaven. There's no bondage in heaven. Hallelujah. 
So that lets me know that God wants me to experience, you to experience divine freedom in the earth. Just like they experience in heaven. Luke chapter 12. Let's go there. Glory to God. So we'll hold that thought and go to Luke 12. And uh, verse 32. We touched on this scripture last week. And again, this is the Lord Jesus talking. He says, fear not, little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Speaking to you, he's speaking to me. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to approach God's divine throne. Don't be afraid to ask God for that which has been bought and paid for. God wants his people in this hour to experience this overflow that we've been talking about. He says it's the Father's good pleasure. Somebody needs to underline that in their Bible. It's the Father's good pleasure to give to you the kingdom. Now tonight I want to study... New Testament overflow. I want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So we know now, by way of the word of God, that God is more than willing that we experience kingdom blessing, kingdom authority. Through Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul is about to speak to us by way of the word concerning the access that we have to these things. This overflow that we've been talking about. Israel experienced it in the natural realm. To a degree. Except when they got into idolatry, they lost it. God wants us to experience it here in the new covenant. The Bible says here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1, And our brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. Testimony of God is the word of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Paul said, 
I'm never going to teach or preach anything that does not focus on the cross and the delivering power of the cross. And the cross's ability to cause resurrection life to flow in me and through me. He says, I'm determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in, in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Verse 4, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Demonstration of the Spirit and of power that speaks to us in the new covenant of the divine overflow of God. That speaks to us in the new covenant of the divine overflow of God. And Paul lived in that overflow. He experienced it. He knew what he was talking about when he preached about it, when he taught on it. He didn't just talk about it, and he just didn't use man's wisdom, the words of man's wisdom, but he spoke, and when he spoke, the power of God testified of the Spirit of God living and breathing in him. That same revelation, that same access that Paul had, the New Testament church, every believer in the New Testament church has access to that same Holy Spirit demonstration. That same overflow. As you sit there tonight, you have it in the person of the mighty Holy Spirit. The only difference is the Apostle Paul got with God long enough to where he began to understand how to release that. How to release the power of God. How to release the Spirit of God. How to release the overflow and bless the world. Don't be talked out of what God has placed in your soul. You're more than able to do everything that God has called you to in this hour and in this generation. You have been filled with the mighty Holy Spirit. The living water that Jesus talked to, talked to that woman at the well at about, you and I possess it now. And God has wanted us to release that to this dying, broken, sinful world. That we might proclaim Jesus and his greatness and his lordship. And his authority in the earth. This is the overflow. This is why the overflow is here. That we might reveal him. Who is seated at the right hand of God. The demonstration of the spirit. And of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. 
We need to preach on the power of God more than we do. We need to preach on the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God and His willingness to manifest it in our midst. His willingness to work through the church, each and every member of the church. Transforming us into new, sharp, threshing instruments with teeth. That is our portion in this season. This is what he's doing in this season. Taking us to new levels of glory, power, and authority as we worship him. As we give him all the praise, all the glory, all of the honor. He is the source. Hallelujah. As long as we keep that in the forefront of our thinking, he is the source. There's nothing that he will not do through us. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are mature. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. I could preach on that all night, but I can't. I got to, I got to move on. I got to move on. But the mystery of God, it's hidden from the world. It's hidden from the politicians. It's hidden from all of those who are enemies of God. But it has been revealed to the church. That's what he's trying to communicate to the church in this hour. No more bondage. Only deliverance. In the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in this hour. The overflow is here. Verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, that's talking about the, the powers of darkness. Had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, you're a mystery to the devil. He doesn't understand you because you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You're filled with God. He can't comprehend you. He doesn't understand what God is doing through you. It's hidden from him. The destiny that God has placed in your heart place that God wants to take you is a mystery to Satan. His only device is to try to deceive us into believing that we're weak and less than and unable to tap into what God has given us. Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians that God would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. 
that we would know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance is in the saints. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe it? God is looking for some believers tonight. Somebody who will believe what the scripture says concerning the new birth, concerning eternal life, and our access to it in our generation. Hallelujah. Verse 9. But it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Do you love him tonight? We know that we love him because he first loved us. We know that we love him because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So we do have access to the love of God. We've learned that. Did a serious teaching on God's love a few, few uh, months ago. This is our portion. The love of God is our portion. Therefore, we can experience everything that God says we can experience because we love him. I'm going to read that verse again. But it is written, I had not seen, ear had not heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. But God had revealed them unto us by his spirit. But the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. I love it, I love it, I love it. The deep things of God. Not the shallow things, the deep things of God. The overflow revelation is the deep things of God. It's not on the surface. You have to dig for this. You have to get with God long enough. Well, God begins to renew our thinking, renew our minds. Help us to re- realize by the light of the Holy Ghost who we are in Christ and the victory of his cross and the power of his resurrection. Somebody say overflow tonight. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is revealing to us in this season. Everything that belongs to us. Everything that has been given to us. The intimacy that is our inheritance. This is what God wants us to know. God loves us, listen to me now, this will, this will go right against religious thinking, that God loves us just as much as he loves Jesus Christ. That's scripture. That's scripture. See, in the church, people don't, they, 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 they hear stuff like that, they, oh, I'm not worthy of that. No, you were not worthy, but the blood, hallelujah. The blood has cleansed us and made us holy before him. Unblameable in his sight. This is what he's done. 
This is what he's up. But we, we, we have to catch up with him. We, we've been running behind, but God says, in this season, you're going to walk hand in hand with me. You're going to know what I know. You're going to develop the mind of Christ like never before. Shut up. Verse 11 again. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him, even up so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have not, now we have received not the spirit of the world. I reject the spirit of the world. We must reject the spirit of the world. When the spirit of the world presents itself to us, we must say no to it. We must say that which you are presenting to me is beneath me because I have been raised up and made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I have a heavenly perspective. I have a, listen to me now, I have a throne room perspective. Hallelujah. I'm no longer in Adam. I am in Christ. I identify only with Jesus. That has to be our thinking. I I identify only with Jesus. Not the spirit of the world. Because I'm his and he is mine. Hallelujah. Now we have not, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given unto us. They're free to us, but it costs God everything. I say, they're free to us, but it costs God everything. It costs Him His only begotten Son. But it's been freely given to us. So God says, don't hit the ground. Three times. <laughs> no, 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 no. You should have hit it four or five times. Then you would experience the deliverance that is yours through covenant relationship. That we might know the things that are freely given to us, which things... Also, we speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man, the Bible says, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So, if I'm to experience what God wants me to experience, I have to be willing to believe what the Holy Ghost tells me. No matter how it sounds to my natural mind and my natural thinking. I have to believe that Jesus Christ has made me able 
to experience those things that God wants me to experience in this generation. Let's go to Luke chapter 17. I think I'll close there. Luke chapter 17. Verse 20, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold or look, pay attention, the kingdom of God is within you. We, right now, as you sat there, if you're born again, you are filled with the overflow of God, the mighty Holy Spirit. His ministry is seldom really understood by most believers. His ministry is to reveal Jesus Christ, part of it. But it was also that we might be filled so that we might be witnesses for him. And this overflow that we've been talking about the last few weeks is meant to revolutionize the whole world. Transform the whole world. Before Jesus comes back, the church, the latter church, the latter house is about to experience something that the former house only dreamed about. God delivered Israel from Egypt and Open the Red Sea and what a miracle. But what we are about to experience will cause that to look like child's play. God is about to release the power of God in the church. We're going to see things that we've only dreamed about. The signs, the wonders, and the miracles have not ceased. But they're about to increase exponentially in our hour. If you believe that, stand to your feet. The overflow of God. Father God, we thank you tonight. That we who are who you say we are. We have what you say we have. We are your children. Birth. By the mighty Holy Spirit. Our lives, O oh God, are maintained by the mighty Holy Spirit. He is our comforter, our enabler, our strength. We look to Him in this hour. For the outpouring of the Holy Ghost like never before. 
breathe upon us even tonight. Give us the fresh wind of the Holy Ghost. That we might know those things, oh God, that have been freely given to us in Christ Jesus. And has, has God, we begin to experience these things, and we will. We'll give you all the glory, all the praise, all of the honor for every manifestation of your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Yes, we do, Lord.